It's time for Crack the Customer Code, the ultimate podcast to help you unlock the secrets to understanding and connecting with your customers. So, Adam, I've shared this before with you and our listeners. But, I mean, not to say that I'm really cool, but I was pretty cool back in the day when I was on, you know, Prodigy and AOL. Wait to see where this goes. <laughs> um, remember Prodigy and AOL and all those great things? If and- I say if I say no, will people think I'm young? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> yes, I do remember them. <laughs> and that was kind of the first time I saw what online community could mean. Like I could actually connect with people from all over the world, and it was pretty cool. And that concept has come so far that now there are all these amazing online communities, some of which are really curated around topics we love. Some of them are curated around brands. Some of them are curated around um, like memberships. And I just think it's kind of amazing that we live in this time where if you want to find a group of people who will understand you and support you, uh, you can find these places. And yes, there are, I know people are like, thinking about the internet and <laughs> there are all, bad things there too. All of the horrible things it brings with it. Yes, of course. But when they're curated like this, you can actually really get a lot of value and resources from them. And that's what we're talking about today. And I think it's a great part of customer experience that maybe we don't talk about enough. Yeah. I mean, not only is it just enjoyable for customers and employees, uh, one of the examples we're going to have in our interview with Dan is a, you know, about an internal community, uh, but it really is an avenue for the brand to listen and to mm-hmm. engage. And I mean, that's, you know, so much of what we're always trying to do in customer experiences, just to have the attention of our customers and for a, a fleeting millisecond, you can get this kind of attention. You know, you can really create more connection. So I think it's a powerful thing. And I think we should just hop right in and listen to uh, Dan. Yeah, here we go. Dan Reese is currently the chief customer officer at Hire Logic, a software company that takes a data-driven approach to engagement, giving organizations an expanded suite of capabilities. Dan is a performance-focused customer success executive with a specialization in strengthening SaaS. That's a lot of S's, and I got through it. I just want to say I'm really proud of myself. Cloud and support organizations revenue streams while bolstering gross margin and basis points. Dan creates customer experiences that differentiate technology firms from their competitors and has over 20 years of experience in managing post-sale customer activities. Hi, Dan. We're so thrilled that you were able to join us on Crack the Customer Code. Thanks for being here. Hi, Jeannie. Hi, Adam. Thank you very much for having me. It's my pleasure. Yeah, thanks so much, Dan. And obviously, we are Crack the Customer Code, so we talk about CX and customer service. So I know you are very focused on online community. And what's the intersection? Why why is an online community good for CX or not good for CX? When would it be something that where it could help the customer experience? Sure, Adam. So that's a great question. The reason it's relevant for CX and where it might be good is when organizations are seeking bilateral communication from their customers and they need to be able to do it at scale. So we're all quite familiar with conferences or user group meetings, which are fantastic. But then how do you continue the conversation? Make sure you don't lose momentum in the end. 
that's a, a great example of where this would be applicable. And so how would you, in today's day and age, with all of the you know, machines that we carry around with us, all the different ways that we interact through kind of the generic term digital, um, how would you even define an online community in today's world? Well, an online community would be a um, group of individuals, whether they're members, customers, who have a common interest on a particular, let's call it a parent-child discussion. So maybe there's a macro-level topic they're interested in, and then spawning from that could be subtopics where there's more of a concentration. So that's an example where you could create an online community, you could generate that dialogue, and then from there... Uh, the object would be to fine tune everything from whether it be your offering or your product or whatever it may be that is going to provide a, a greater benefit to your audience. You know, what's so funny is that the first online community I remember hearing about, this is going to date me, but uh, <laughs> was, I mean, after kind of the listservs and after some of those things that came out, um, the first one that I really thought, wow, that's really clever is my brother bought a Mini Cooper and all of a sudden he was really involved with that online community of Mini Cooper owners and, uh, you know, Mini Cooper as a brand would participate there as well. And he just thought that was so cool. And I still remember that because it was so novel and interesting at the time. And now it's like you think about all the ways that they probably gathered information and feedback and were able to change the project products and improve the experience. And they have such loyal customers and it all goes hand in hand. So it's just cool to think about what it can do, not just for the people involved with the community, but also for the brand. It, it's a great example, Jeannie. And imagine your brother going to a Mini Cooper convention or, or mm -hmm. car show, and you have all this energy, you have all this excitement, you're looking at older models, newer models, whatever that may be, and then they hop on a plane or get in a car and go home and then lose all that mojo. So how do you keep that going? And that's where that's a great example where online communities can cultivate, continue the conversation. And as we as society evolve more and more, where these are uh, these tools are a way of life, as you called it out earlier. Every most people are familiar now with social media, and they use it actively and oftentimes multiple channels. That omni-channel presence is not invasive anymore. It is it is the norm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So true. And from the brand perspective, you know, when, when they're look when you're talking to a brand about a community, why it might be good for them. And you're sort of trying to not, not make the sale, but make the pitch like, or you're, you know, you're like, Hey, this would really work for you. You know, what tends to be the most persuasive argument is, Hey, you can actually get feedback. This is a research mechanism, or you can actually engage with customers, or it's a service channel too. You're going to get complaints and be able to stop them in real time and be part of that conversation. What what, what do uh, executives tend to respond to most? Sure. Well, I'll tell you, I'll put on my uh, customer hat because I've been a consumer of this on multiple occasions prior to joining Higher Logic. So 
a, a great gateway uh, or entry point would be things such as case deflection. So if you're an organization and you say, well, it costs me $150 a case and I receive uh, 2,000 cases over, let's say, some said period of time. And now that's a, you know, if I have hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of cost. How can I lower that cost? And we say, okay, well, start off with an online community. And by going to an online community as, a, as an entry point, if that starts off as a case deflection, that's a great way to possibly get approval on funding to go with a solution like that. What you realize, though, and the real value beyond that is growth whether it's population of your customers, your members, your revenue growth, whatever that may be. But you, the objective there is to cultivate growth and then do it in a way that's aligned with your audience. And I use the term audience because not everybody's a customer. We have customers that, that have members. Lots of associations use online communities. So if you're going for a certification on something and you want to be certified, you join a particular association, then you go through a, an online community to help achieve that certification. But it, a lot of times it happens because the, they're sparsely populated. So when you have individuals who are all over the globe, how do you do that in a way that meets time zone needs and, and, and geographical needs? Well, the online community, because it's, again, it's omnipresent, uh, you can do that regardless of where you reside, provided you can just get online. Mm, I like that. And uh, I've told this story before, but I, it just makes me think there was a, a company I worked with and they were receiving so many customer service calls about one thing that went kind of horribly wrong temporarily that <laughs> the leader got so freaked out, he just turned off the phones. <laughs> like that was sure. his solution was let's stop addressing this. And uh, one of the ways that they were able to address this was to actually, you know, tap into some communities that were already there and then eventually build their own. So it, it, I, I totally relate to the idea that you can cut those costs. You can make sure that you're not getting that flood by addressing these things as well as the growth, which is really exciting. So, so what are some of the it, you know, best practice examples that you've seen on how online communities really help these CX efforts? What are some of those case studies that you can share? Sure. Well, we have a, a particularly large um, government contractor that, that uh, decided to purchase an online community recently. And here's their business case. They have a large population of engineers who are on the verge of retirement because of a fabulous pension plan that this company once offered. Well, guess what happens with retirement of senior engineers? Uh, all of their knowledge walks out the door. Mm, and yeah. so now they have a, a litany of junior engineers. And what they now require is how do we bridge the gap? Meaning, how do we take all the tacit knowledge that is with our senior engineers and port it over to our junior engineers? Well, you need a mechanism to do that and a motivation to do that as well. Uh, a tool alone won't make that happen, but without a tool, there's, it's almost impossible to do that. And the risk to the company is colossal if that were to happen. Mm -hmm. And so to their credit, they got ahead of this almost three years in advance of the, the cliff event. And they have an active progression of not just the, the community itself, but an entire playbook of how to make all of this happen. Everything from incentives to seeding questions to creating co collaboration. What they didn't expect as a result of this is that they're receiving a higher level of employee satisfaction because it is creating a more collaborative environment 
where previously it may have been a bit more standoffish. Mm. That's a cool example. And I think that's happening in a lot of organizations right now is that generational shift and how to really prepare for that, not just as an organization, but to offer it as a benefit is pretty, pretty cool. Exactly. And those are things that I, I applaud organizations that have the foresight to see that and realize that um, these solutions are affordable and they're scalable. Uh, but with that, it's more than just a tool, right? I mean, we can all buy a fancy car, but if you've never taken a driver's ed course, good luck. Um, you <laughs> right. Make sure you know what you're doing. <laughs> So, you know, Jeannie and I have both been blogging since uh, I think the beginning of time officially is the, <laughs> is the amount of time. And it's been um, a long time. It's been a while. And back in the day, there used to be all these debates about whether you should move your blog. This is particularly when Facebook was blowing up, um, you know, in popularity and was the social network, you know, whether you should have your own blog or just move it all to Facebook. And, you know, the smart people did not move it all to Facebook. So let's talk about that from the perspective of online communities, because, you know, I know a lot of brands have these communities on other people's platforms, so to speak, right? They're, they don't, they're putting them on, they're running them on social media. So what's the, what are the pros and cons? What do you recommend with uh, particularly customer communities? Sure. Well, I could see why individuals initiate that way, right? So whether it's Yahoo or LinkedIn or Facebook or you name it, right, where they want to initially create a conversation. And oftentimes they're free or very low cost. So I see the allure behind that. With that comes uh, a level of exposure, though. And so when you think about an organization, uh, why would I do, why would I use a social media or not use a social media over an, a, a an online community, think of it as sanctioned data. So where is your data going? Who has access to it? What is the result of that level of exposure? So when you use a social media tool, and I want to be careful because a lot of these are very good and they're effective, um, but how confident are you as to who your audience is and where that data is going? So when you, we've had this in the past and I was on the, on the consumer end where we would use a, a third party, but then all of a sudden you start getting hit up with marketing uh, efforts or people applying, calling you for jobs because you made reference to the fact that your, your organization needs more help and then they have a solution mm -hmm. to sell you. Um, and next <laughs> yeah. thing you know, you find, you know, everybody wants to counsel you or consult you or sell you something. And you think, yeah, that, that wasn't my intent, right? And, mm -hmm. um, and then how sensitive, how much candor can you provide in an environment? How comfortable are you with that? You know, what happens if I expose a level of vulnerability? Is that going to be, you know, on the internet forever, right? Am I going to be cyber branded as someone who has these problems? What, what if I say something that's outside of alignment with my company um, statement policy? Those types of things are things that you can't always think about if you're trying to have a productive conversation. So if you create an online community and it's your environment, it's your data, it's, let's say, inside of your firewall, depending on how you set it up, now you have a lot more candor and comfort. And even your organization, uh, you're, you know right off the bat you're operating within the guardrails your company has provided. Um, and there's some real value to that. Hmm. That's interesting. I hadn't really thought about the guardrails, but it makes perfect sense because I think we all censor ourselves in certain environments and when we feel safe and like we need information, um, it's great to have those places that we can turn to. Um, and so, you know, when, when thinking about community, we've, we talk about this word a lot, 
But really, the the origin of the word is about this idea of a group that feels like they're connected and they get support and all of these things. So I guess I'm wondering, what do you see as best practices to provide that emotional support? What do what do brands who create the best communities online, what do they do to kind of nurture that feeling, that emotion around community and not just kind of the tactics of creating one? Sure. I, I think the, the foundation to that question is around engagement. So mm-hmm. whoever your audience is, you desire an engaged audience. So if you're going to create a community, the first thing you have to do is define what is the objective of the community? Sounds mm-hmm. very 101, if you will, but there are individuals or companies that don't define that. So you called out an example before where somebody, you know, you want to have all this customer communication until it's communication you don't like. And then what are you going to do? Right? Turn off the phones. Yeah, Clearly, turn off the phones. Right? I, you know, that's all you need is you just pull the plug, right? But, <laughs> but, but the reality is, is that define that objective and then create the level of engagement. Seed questions. Um, those are things that are, are necessary. Don't think it's just going to magically um, cultivate, you know, out of this information garden, right? You need to fertilize it. You need to water it. It <laughs> needs sunshine, some vitamin D, maybe some some extra care. You have to weed it. I mean, that that's how it works. So if you want that information, you have to treat it with nurture and care. And so when we see the organizations that do that, um, if you want to get a, a high traffic engagement, start with something simple, right? You might ask a business question and close with a photograph of your dog. Guess what? Mm. That triggers a whole lot of reaction. People <laughs> love to share that. So you may think, well, you know, we're not a website about dogs, right? But but you are you are your are you a website about dogs or are you a community that's about engagement? And if mm-hmm. that's what triggers the initial level of engagement, then you can spawn into the more concentrated or focused questions. But do something easy. Do something that's very simple that makes people want to respond to that. Um, and and that certainly uh, photographs, images, emojis, those things are representation of emotion, which is what you mm-hmm. called out. And you want to enable that. You don't want to prevent that from happening. Let people be themselves. That's great. And you just won Adam and I over because we're both dog people. So, <laughs> <laughs> Myself included. Border collie so uh, this is great information. I'm sure our listeners want to learn more about you and, and what you do. So where can they find out more about online community and you? Well, first of all, um, our, our organization can be found at higherlogic.com. That's H-I-G-H-E-R-L-O-G-I-C.com. And if you want to engage myself, uh, I can be found on LinkedIn under Dan Reese. I, I am on uh, my Twitter handle and all my other social media channels are connected to that as well. So uh, certainly invite uh, questions and commentary from from your followers, your guests. Uh, happy to engage. Excellent. Thank you so much. This was great. Thanks for being here. Wonderful. Yeah, thanks. Thank man. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jeannie. Thank you, Adam. Well, I thought it was a great point that not only can providing these communities and this kind of this level of support and nurturing for your customers avoid some of the costs that might come in with customer service and contact center uh, inbound inquiries but also it can help you grow because when people feel supported like this when they feel like they have an emotional connection they're more likely to be loyal they're more likely to stick around and I you know one of the things that 
um, I just learned recently, which somebody brought up, was that uh, in the in healthcare, one of the main factors of healthcare is does this person have a community or not, and that tells the healthcare provider so much about if they're supported enough to actually overcome a health crisis, for instance. And I think that's similar to what we're talking about here. You can overcome more if you have this nurturing, supportive community around you, helping you figure these things out, helping you find the right information, helping you achieve what you went in there to achieve. So hurrah for online communities. That's what I have to say, Adam. Hurrah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Thank you, Jeannie. That's awesome. No, you know, that it's funny you mentioned that because that goes, I don't know if you're familiar with this book, that goes all the way back to this idea when they identified the blue zones and the yeah. things they had in common. Oh, I love the blue zones. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Um, one of the things was, you know, a supportive community. Yeah. That was one of the things that was part of it. And I'll add something else because, you know, you brought up that, um, idea of growth and support and Mm -hmm. all that. And one thing, when you're thinking about the cost savings leaders, I will encourage you to also think about uh, there is a cost to community because one one of the things we've seen with communities, and we didn't really get into this in this short episode, is that uh, sometimes people start them and leave them to wither. You've got to be ready to support it and have people yeah. that can engage and monitor and moderate and uh, and scale if the community mm-hmm. grows. So uh, it, it's not free, but it can save. So just be aware well, of that as you go in. What I heard was dog pictures help. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that I think that we can apply. You could probably end every business statement <laughs> with dog, dog pictures, pictures help. Will help. <laughs> Well, maybe we'll put a dog picture in these show notes. Maybe. You've got to go there and check it out and see if we did. <laughs> exactly. Nice one. I like it. Uh, so thank you guys for being here, as always, with us on Crack the Customer Code. Thank you to those of you leaving us ratings and review and sharing this with your communities, either online or you can just shout from you know wherever. Just tell people to listen to Crack the Customer Code on the subway or something. But (laughs) we appreciate it. Crack the Customer Code is a proud member of C-Suite Radio, so be sure to check out all the great business content at csuiteradio.com and csuitetv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters. You can learn more about me, my customer journey mapping programs, customer experience training and speaking, as well as our 21-day free customer experience challenge at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam Depork, and you can learn more, learn more about me, <laughs> how, how well I speak from a stage, as you can <laughs> evidence by that statement. Uh, also, our customer service workshops and training, as well as our customer experience advisory. We will tell you all the little strategies and techniques that we know to help you win with experience at CustomersThatStick.com. Jeannie, until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.